<laughs> Hello, hi, hello, welcome to this week's marooned edition of the Media Boat Podcast. Yes, uh, we are still marooned in our own separate islands, uh, communicating via the magic of the internet, as I'm sure most of you out there in the internet world are doing at the moment. It is April the 1st. This is not a joke. It is really April 1st, 2020. It's if you're new to the shame, meeting, huh? It's a shame that we're not live during April 1st on April Fool's. I know. Had so many wacky ties ready for this, wacky <laughs> shirts. Gimmicks, ever worn a visual tie gags. Our shows. Well, that would have been the gag. That would have been the first time. Yes. Your first tie. Yes. Um, thank you for joining us. If this is your first media book podcast, uh, you wouldn't know this, but here, this is me telling you, this is a podcast about movies, television, video games, and music, not necessarily in that order, our uh, news about them and thoughts about them as uh, we encounter them in our daily lives. We got um, some thoughts this podcast. Yeah, exactly. This is uh, going to be a heavy podcast full of news and thoughts. With and also me, full of people. Yes, with me as always is Mike. My name is Matt. But then we also have two special guests you listen to last week's podcast, you'll remember our special guest, Christy. She is back. It's me. Hi, I'm Christy. And then we also have special guest, Kristen, a.k.a. quote, the chat, unquote. The chat has arrived. <laughs> <laughs> chat, come to life. The chat has come to life. Come alive. <laughs> <laughs> so, let's get right to it. We have a lot to talk about. So, so. we always start the show with movies and we usually start the show with the weekend box office but as we alluded to last week we're not going to do that this we're, time because the numbers got so dinky small because theaters shut down nationwide that there's no reason to report it there's no box office well i mean theaters have all officially shuttered as of last monday so we had weekend box office because they closed on monday for last week's episode, but as of now, until further notice, there is no more box office. Yeah. I don't think we're gonna count streaming numbers. No, we're not, because the studios aren't going to tell us exactly how many people have downloaded Onward, and that also isn't going to be officially rolled into what would have been the box office total anyways. So all we're gonna see at the end of 2020 is a big asterisk in the months of March and April. Yeah, hopefully it's just Mar March and April, and not over into May. I think we'll June. see. <laughs> um, so yeah, that means we can roll right into our movie news. It looks like we have a couple of, couple of vegetables for you. No real fun movie news, but a couple of, couple of businessy ones for you. These are all businessy stuff. That's all that's currently going on right now. And I'm not saying the vegetables are bad. I love vegetables. Some of us are vegetables. Ooh, bad joke. <laughs> Not what I was going for, but... <laughs> took it into a darker place than I meant it, but okay. I, I think you mean couch potatoes count as vegetables, right? Not, no, it wasn't what I was going for either. Uh, but, I'm a veggie person. Yeah, we, we have a little vegetable here. But... Oh, okay. A vegetarian. Vegetarian, yeah. A veggie lover. 
Hey, we had veggie meat the other day. We did. It was mm-hmm. pretty good. Nice. Was it a Beyond? Was it a um, morning? We've done Beyond and Gardein. Mm, yeah, Gardein. They should sponsor this podcast. They're the best <laughs> veggie meat. Dude, I wish we had a Gardein sponsorship. Imagine <laughs> we were getting free veggie patties in the mail. <laughs> this is how we do it. We just start talking about it and they say, oh, thank you for talking. Here's some stuff. When when you do the uh, the Hootsuite out to social media channels, Mike, you should. Uh, oh wait, you don't do that for the non live ones, huh? Not live. You should still tweet and say and tweet at the Gardein account. Tweet at Gardein. Hey, we talked about you. Give us a listen. If they would like to send me some of those lime chicken tenders, mm-hmm. <laughs> hell yeah! All right. Well, before we get hungry, let's uh, get to news. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yes, news. That's what we're talking about here, not uh, veggie patties. Uh, our first story is about the AFI, not uh, the band, uh, the American Film Institute. And uh, they've announced Tuesday that they are launching the AFI Movie Club, a daily virtual gathering, quote, to leverage our collective love of film on behalf of optimism in this time of global uncertainty. Oh, that's cute. That's sweet. Um, iconic movies will be selected by the AFI each day for the world to watch together. Quote, creating a communal viewing experience during these unprecedented times of social distancing. To kick off the movie club, director and AFI trustee Steven Spielberg introduced the club's inaugural film, The Wizard of Oz. That's a good place to start. That's, hey, that's a I strong agree. film right there. Uh, to watch the film's audiences can gather at afi.com slash movie club. That is afi.com slash movie club. Uh, while audiences watch, the daily film selections will be supported by fun facts. I love a fun fact. Oh, it's like pop-up video? Yeah, I uh, wish it was like pop-up video. That'd be great. It's uh, AFI's archives, actually. Ew. Yes, and exclusive material from AFI's archive. Uh, daily films will be announced at nine in the morning every day, and you can be part of the social media buzz by using the hashtag hashtag AFI Movie Club. So, does this sound like something anybody is going to give a try? Um, yeah. I took a look at it, but yeah, um, AFI usually puts out good films. They always put out a top one hundred list every year. Yep. Sometimes it changes, sometimes it doesn't. And they got all sorts of what lists too. Like it's the, they have a top hundred move, one hundred movie uh, comedy films, top hundred quotes, stuff like that. Yeah, hundred uh, musicals, um, song numbers, stuff like that. So yeah. it's always fun to get communities together like this, and especially when we need to come together but also stay apart. Yeah, exactly. Um, what movies? What movies would you want to see them do? Um, obviously, Citizen Kane, The Godfather, Clifford's Big Red Movie. <laughs> what? <laughs> he's, he's doing it for the kids, you know? Uh-huh, for the kids, yeah. <laughs> for the kids. Yeah, yes, and for the dog lovers everywhere. Christy, pick a movie you want to see on this. Uh, whatever Happened to Baby Jane. Yeah, okay. Um, it's the perfect quarantine movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kristen, do you got one? Am I allowed to say Mamma Mia? Is that like infringing something? Yes! Absolutely. She's on board. Christy's on board. Yes, let's go. And Mamma Mia too. Back well, to back. Here we nature. go again. Back to yes. back future. For sure. <laughs> oh, yeah, Mike, how did you not say Back to the Future? That's your movie. Well, because this is AFI's list and there's always 
you know, top five constantly on there. Yeah, so it counts. Um, I'm trying to think of what I, I would want to see on there. Um, blanking right now. I would I think also you like to see Blade Wendy? Runner with a bunch of nerds. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a bad idea. Oh, no, duh. Friggin' animated film on there, but like Beauty and the Beast. I would want to watch Beauty and the Beast with a bunch of fun facts. Yeah, that's a uh, that's gotta be on one of the top one hundreds. Yeah, surely. All right, moving on to our second. Today's story. was Moulin Rouge. Ooh. Oh, Moulin Rouge was today. Yes, with you and McGregor. Me and McGregor. Yes, you and McGregor. Wow, who knew? Him and proper twelve. I was like Connor McGregor. No, <laughs> McGregor. We'll get to the sports later. Yeah, we will. <laughs> uh, <laughs> next up, um, we have a story about Warner Media. Um, they've had kind of an ups and downs, shakeups, uh, corporate wise, that we've been reporting or reporting on. Yeah, ever since uh, AT and T decided to yeah. repurchase them, big buy. Uh, Newest news out of there is that Jason Kilar has been named CEO of Warner Media. Last name K I L A R. Kilar? Kilar? Uh, killer. Jason Killer. I don't like that. Don't like okay, Kyler. Kyler. Uh, effective May 1st, he will report to John Stanky. That's a great last name. <laughs> <laughs> killer and Stanky. Uh, AT&T's president and uh, COO. I love his good COO. Um, he was named CEO of Hulu from its start in 2007 and left in 2013. Uh, he served in several leadership positions at Amazon from 97 to 2006, including uh, senior vice president of, of worldwide application software. What the hell does that do? I don't even know. They uh, apply software worldwide. Well, I would hope. Um, he was also co-founder and CEO of video streaming service Vessel. Remember Vessel? Oh, I everyone remembers Vessel. From 2013 yeah. to 2017, he has an MBA from Harvard Business School. Ooh, looking out. Yeah. Um, Mr. Harvard over there. No, he went to Harvard. Harvard. Harvard, yeah. Yeah, he parked, parked his car. He parked his car at Harvard, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there, no someone had to say it. We got there. <laughs> All right, uh, that's it for movie news. Did anybody watch any movies this week? Um, that came out in calendar year 2020, I should specify. I'm assuming Glory Road is older than that. Yes, Glory <laughs> Road is older than that. I've never seen that movie, though. It's pretty good. All right. Underrated. Yeah. Uh, I watched Stargirl on Disney+. Plus. Ah, yes, the Disney+, Plus uh, Stargirl. What is Stargirl? Uh, it stars Grace Vanderwall, who I think won... America's Got Talent, yes. like, 10 years ago. Yeah, that's that girl. Yeah, well, she's a teenager now. Surprise, surprise. Uh, Wait, is it based on the book? Yes. Did you read I the book? I love that book! Yeah! Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So, uh, when did this book come out? A long time ago. It's a middle grade book. Well, it's definitely about middle school or high school. High school, because they're driving. Checks out. Yeah, it's about high school, and... Um, a girl who's been homeschooled for one year only decides to go to high school before disappearing from the world. Oh my. 
She has a what? pet rat. Is the rat in the movie? The rat's in the movie. CGI rat is in the movie. Wait, CGI rat? Oh, he's not real? Well, okay, no, he is real, but there's like one really obvious scene where he's climbing on someone. It's like, that is obviously a CGI rat. <laughs> okay. Is it as bad as the CGI dog in Call of the Wild? No. That's not. Good, good news. Okay, uh, so uh, what's up with Stargirl? Uh, yeah, so Stargirl um, comes to the new school and befriends. Wait, is that her name or is that a nickname? Both. Wait, what? How's it both? It's her name. It's what she wants to go by. She has a real, like, human name. Uh, but human she name. wants everyone to, <laughs> to go by. But she wants everyone to call her Stargirl. Why not Rat Girl? She has a rat. Uh, some song, I think, is the reason why. She big David Bowie fan? Maybe. I don't know. We'll get to that reference later. Oh, oh okay. Uh, but yeah, she wants to go by Stargirl, and she befriends our main character, who's a boy in high school, who always did, who never wanted to stand out, but the Stargirl basically brings him out of his shell during high school to become a standout. Mm. Gonna pause real quick. This sounds like this is going edging into uh, Manic Pixie Dream Girl territory here, but for high schoolers, is that kind of where this goes? Is he like inspired by this girl and like he changes, you know, who he is? Mm, he tries out for more stuff, but <laughs> basically she becomes like the good luck charm of the school because the school is very downtrodden and doesn't um, win anything until she comes around and they finally win something. Okay. It's a store. It's a very much similar to uh, Unicorn Store from yeah, I didn't see uh, that Netflix. Either. But no, but that because that film was about like being to yourself and being outspoken and um, like just not and going against the tide and everything will work out fine. It's okay. kind of like that, but high school. Okay. Um, well, Christy, you've read the book, so does it kind of go into that kind of cliche territory, or does it not, really? I mean, it's been a while since I read the book. I don't think so, because I really related to her when okay. I read the book. I was like, oh, she's a weirdo, and I like her. Because um, before, before Mike started talking, I thought she was the main character, and then when he said well, that the, the name of the boy... Yeah, the name, the name of the, of the book, book is, Star is Stargirl. After mm -hmm. her but she's not the main character. Yeah, that's I And I think know. it's, um, I think it's first person, the book, and it, but it's from the boy's point of view. Yeah. Yeah, um, and, and the movie even lends itself to that by having the voice of God narration. Okay, yeah. Or the inner monologue narration. Yeah. Uh, I think that there's a difference between weird girls and Manic Pixie Dream Girls, personally. Yeah, no, that's fair. But... If not having context, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't know that. That's why I was asking question. I mean, she's... <laughs> in the book, they're in, like, I want to say, like, seventh grade, which, I mean, a lot of times when they make a movie, they, they age, age them up. Um, so there can be, like, more romantic things. Because the book, there's not super anything romantic that happens. That yeah, I remember. I, I don't know. Like, they seemed like they were in high school because they talked about like football games on Fridays. And is there a subplot in car? Where there is some sort of a romantic connection between the two? Eh, I mean, 
it's hinted at, but it's yeah. never like overtly stated. Okay, well that's good. It's like, oh, he's like interested in this girl, but he's never like they never. Well, I think they do actually date, or like quote unquote date as high schoolers do. Okay. Like yeah, like going... the oldest I think they would be are maybe freshmen, at least in the book. Like, okay. I feel like they were more like seventh or eighth grade, but it's been a while since I read it. Yeah, but uh, they definitely lean in towards uh, Grace Vanderwall's um, uh, talent with the ukulele. Yeah, I was gonna say, isn't her? She's like a musician first. Yeah, they definitely lean into that hard with her first interaction with the boy being. Um, oh, it's your birthday, so I'm going to basically seduce you with a birthday song on a ukulele. <laughs> seduce? It, that's what it seemed like. I mean, it's a slowed down happy birthday version uh, <laughs> oh, uh, akin to uh, Marilyn Monroe. Mr. President. Uh... Yes, Mr. President. <laughs> um, so okay. I just Googled it. Um, yeah. The book he's fourteen, so okay. it, so yeah, ninth. So yeah, high school. Okay. Um, okay. So is this since this is family friendly? I'm assuming Do you, this is very family friendly. This is good, like family movie right now. Yeah, but you know, I have my issues with it because there's a whole sequence of them doing a music video esque halftime show where they're clearly pointing at the camera and playing towards the camera and not towards like, you know, an audience or a crowd would be in a, a high, in a stand for a football game. <laughs> uh, it's just different stuff like that throughout the film yeah. that I noticed that was like, uh, that's very weird how they framed this and how they're doing this. And like, yes, I know we're supposed to be this, but then also it seems too forced at times. So uh, that's just like the, movie critic in me pointing that out fair enough okay well well that's interesting um so i guess you're our our disney plus correspondent right now huh? you guys don't have disney plus three weeks in a row now where you've had a new disney plus thing to talk about well we're gonna finish talking about a diary of a future president soon in tv, TV. yeah we'll get there which uh Actually, it should be right now, unless anybody else has movies to talk about. I don't. No, but I uh, I will be watching Onward as it comes out on Disney Plus this uh, Friday. Same. I will definitely check that yeah, out. Next. Third. Yeah, I'll I'll be definitely watching that because gotta have more stuff to watch on on uh, 4K television, right? Uh, I believe that will be on 4K because uh, Disney Plus has a dedicated Ultra HD 4K uh, they do. bar. I've already been checking it out. I watched um, some Frozen 2 in there the day I got it. I watched, um, I tried out the beginning of Wally because I thought that would be a really good test for it. Mm -hmm. Still holds up. Looks excellent. Looks excellent. Um, Wally. So, yeah, I was yeah. watching Wally today. <laughs> Do you ever work? <laughs> <laughs> like he works from home. No, that's that's also debatable. <laughs> I've I've seen a lot. Books. I've seen a lot the last like week and a half. <laughs> all right, let's move on out of movies into television, and we always start television with, of course, the sports corner. Sports. 
Yes, we have a special scorch, uh, scorts, special <laughs> sports <laughs> correspondence. The, the, it's the, not summertime yet for scorts. Um, so I'm going like to give you all a prompt and uh, y'all can run with it here. Uh, football news, the NFL expands the playoffs to 14 teams, meaning only first place will get the bye. An extra wild card spot has been added for both conferences. Which is <laughs> bullshit. Sorry, I'm sorry, we're live. Bullshit. Bullshit. <laughs> I, I, mean, I don't like it. Mm, I don't know. Sports people it, talk. Basically, it, like one more sucky team can make the playoffs now. <laughs> and yeah. only like the number one team will have a bye. So, yeah. I mean, two could play seven in theory, right? Yeah. yeah. And get like knocked out if they just have one bad game, even if they were like the second best team in the league the whole year. It's also a way for the league to get an extra game in for mm-hmm. extra broadcasting dollars. Uh, I mean, this is also in tangent to the NFL expanding its season to yeah. 17 games. Did they pass the thing where there's only going to be two preseason games or not yet? Uh, the NF- uh, Players Association approved of it. The owners have yet to actually vote on that. Hmm. Yeah, so there, there could be – or might have already passed i don't know exactly but um basically they're going to cut it down to from four preseason games to two preseason games and then add a regular season game i believe is that correct that's correct and then this change up with the playoffs so i mean i'm down for them to cut preseason games because that's yeah no one really cares but the development players we gotta know who to root for where are the underdog stories Uh, hard knocks gets influenced by this oh that's true true. hard knocks through hard knocks drastically different which i don't know (laughs) if i can handle that but (laughs) i don't know but also hard knocks quality has been going down lately so dude the raider season i don't know knock on wood if you're with me the raider (laughs) season was spectacular (laughs) i'm just that's not how mike said it on the podcast so well mike doesn't know what he's talking about (laughs) (laughs) wow okay all right we have a gauntlet thrown from our well with sports but anyway (laughs) yeah Anyway, the chat yeah. is spoken. The chat is spoken. <laughs> so, uh, Mike, um, the draft will still be going ahead at the end of the month. Um, yeah. Broadcast on ESPN and ABC for um, virtual conferencing. Yeah. So, quest. My question would be before we move on to the rest of sports here. Um, when do you think football will be played in the year 2020? Like, or do we wait till 2021? No, no. Football won't be. Um, bothered by this they start so late in the year that it's going to be cleared up what if we're the only still thing this... would be if uh yeah what if we're camp. still in this by the end of august and september is a question mark uh ask me again in july yeah i think right now it's too soon to tell honestly okay. um projections show that actually the mlb today and i don't think this is in your notes but they actually tentatively set opening day for july 4th Oh, it's presumptive based okay. on everything that's going on, but they, yeah. one would hope, and I think that's based on all the projections Yeah, um, that they will play baseball in July, which would be awesome. That would be um, awesome. I that may be- not mean there are people in the stands at that point, but <laughs> yeah, even if we had live sports, I would be crying yeah. with happiness. I'm still trying to figure out what happens to my tickets. I know. Yeah, we have tickets. We too. have tickets in May, so we'll see. yeah, we'll see. 
but I also I also heard, and I don't know if you guys covered this last week, but several MLB um, players mentioned that they would be open to playing like doubles, like uh, double headers. Yeah, we, right. Yeah, we did talk. Yeah, about yeah, that. yeah. We brought so, up briefly uh, last week that they're looking at scheduling two double headers a week for the MLB schedule. And ultimately, I think it's too soon to tell, given where we're at in this whole yeah. pandemic situation, and even the experts say that we're here. But I mean, even the even the experts don't really know when this is going to be over. So. Oh yeah, I know. I was just getting kind of your guys' temperature on it because we don't really know. But that's my new info on the MLB. But um, yeah, I didn't know that. That's actually that's interesting. I read it like two hours ago or something. So it's um, crazy to think about like how like how much has changed in this. Where now suddenly to me July seems early. Like (laughs) two weeks ago, I would have been like. No, it'll be over by July. And now I'm thinking, like, actually, July, I'll take it because that means I have some summer. <laughs> I was ready Beaches to be, will still like, be oh. packed. Yeah, right. I was working on the assumption that the entire summer would just be gone from this thing. As I, someone I, who's like not working because of this, it better not be going this oh, aggressively I, through July. I agree. Yeah, no, for, the sake of, for the sake of all the workers out there, yes, I'm going nuts and it's been like a week and a half. <laughs> anyway, yeah. continue with sports. Yeah, let's continue with sports. Why not? Let's uh, pick up the the mood a little bit here. All right, we're moving to the Olympics. Uh, So they will officially be held on July 23rd, 2021. They will not be taking place this year. Yeah, they officially moved the date back one year. So it will be better. They'll have time to run their uh, trials. Also, it means that Alex Morgan can once again play on the women's national team. There you go. Only she that was going she's... to anyways. No, she's pregnant right now. She couldn't have made it. No, she was planning on giving birth and then two months later still playing. Ah. I read an article today, yeah. Nice. <laughs> well, it's probably good for her and her child that she oh, yeah, for sure, is but like... better able to, you know, do this. And I think it's ultimately, I mean, it sucks. The Olympics are like my favorite thing, but this yeah. is the right call because the trials were being pushed so late that it was affecting their training and so i think they're making the right decision it's ultimately the right decision i agree and really like it's probably a good decision here ultimately this is a good net positive for me too because uh my stomach probably couldn't handle another year of all that mcdonald's so (laughs) i love their gold medal game i'm sorry um all right and next in sports, what do we got here? Uh, in sports entertainment, uh, we have WrestleMania this weekend. And none other, your favorite expatriate, Gronka- Rob Gronkowski is the host. This is going to be out of control. It's two <laughs> nights of mayhem. ESPN has been airing past WrestleManias. The yeah. hype is real, but we're curious as to how are they going to pump in crowd noise? Yeah. Like so much of it is based on like the hype and it's like, okay. So it's last week, uh, Mike, you read a story about how uh, WWE Network is going to be free for a while. Yeah. Will this coincide with WrestleMania? Does everybody get to watch it this year? I believe so, yes. You can sign up. Free, I think, yeah. As long as you're signed up for WWE, you should be able to get it. Because part of me, part of me is like, why the hell would I ever watch WrestleMania? I've never watched WrestleMania before. But the other part of me is like, this might be the time to do it. That's why they're doing it. I mean, this is, even though, yes, it is 
theatrical and basically a live stage play. Yeah. It's sports. That's and everyone needs their sports watch fix. It, though. It's kinda entertaining. Because it's like a weird, weird ass live stage thing. <laughs> Having watched yes. only a few of them, it is very entertaining. You get yeah. sucked into the storylines and um Okay, you might get second in storylines. I watch it for the production value. Um, yeah. This is yeah. a, a very casual person who's trying to figure it out because next year's WrestleMania is here. So wow. here know. in LA, by that's what in SoFi. So I've tried to t- take interest, especially now that this is our only sport. <laughs> Ooh, we've we'll been make upgraded. It we have unlimited minutes. Oh. I don't know what that means, but that's a notice I just got. Anyway, uh, yeah, so I don't know. I might, I might check that out. We'll see. We'll see how this weekend goes. <laughs> um, next up, meanwhile, in basketball, uh, they are embracing the quarantine lifestyle and are going to launch an NBA 2K tournament that will be broadcast with Kevin Durant and DeMarcus Cousins. This is in addition to the NFL broadcasting their own Madden tournament uh, with Jarvis Landry and Tyreek Hill and a bunch of other players. So, Mike, you and uh, you and roommate Tyler and, uh, well, brother of Kristen Tyler have been playing some NBA 2K. Uh, will this be something you uh, will watch just to see how the pros do it? We watch iRacing, so yes. <laughs> <laughs> We've been Fair. really – we put on a – we put on a sim of Angels Dodgers and they were like yelling at the screen. <laughs> I wanted so. to watch that so bad and I you guys streamed while I was doing other things. Oh. Which is always yeah. the case. Uh, well, the was, Dodgers that was won opening five day. one, it's fake. Uh. <laughs> yeah. That was our opening day. You should do one on uh, this weekend for that game I was supposed to go to against the Astros. Okay. Yeah, we can I'd do that. that. <laughs> I wonder if people throw stuff at like the Astros. <laughs> digital signs how sim are we virtual hot about? dogs being thrown dude i would eat a virtual hot dog if thrown um one virtual other toast one other virtual sp- bread one other sports hot take there are rumors floating about that um phil mickelson versus tiger woods 2.0 might be in the works for may um and somehow possibly tom brady and peyton manning are going to be involved in it so I know. I'm ready. Weird. I'll watch golf. I would really watch golf. What? This is yeah, a place well, at the Masters, so, which was supposed right. to be this weekend. Well, so Phil and Tiger did their pay-per-view match one-on-one for a million dollars like a year or two ago. So this would Wait, be the, the pay-per-view second. was for a million dollars or their No, fun? their <laughs> whoever won. I think Phil won. I can't remember. Um, we had to overcome. I know that. Anyway, so yeah, that yeah. 2.0 might be in the works. So interesting. I'm excited for something to watch. There's okay. <laughs> <laughs> more stuff to watch. We have TV. Uh, yeah, real quick. So, uh, sports, any other sports things you want to pick up before we move on to television news? Nope, that's all the sports stuff. All right. Other than sports being dead. Yeah. Oh, right. Wimbledon, last sports thing got canceled. You know, add that to the pile. <laughs> Well, that's over too then. All right, moving on to television news. Our first story is a sports story uh, wrapped in a TV story. Uh, Nickelodeon has announced alongside the NFL, they'll be adding a kids-focused broadcast that will simulcast football games in Nickelode- on Nickelodeon in an effort to draw a younger audience to football. 
like that it has been an issue or something like since when do kids not care about football like i thought they always did the kids NFL only care about thing. soccer <laughs> NFL kids only care about extent of that um yeah I, this is an interesting idea uh the details on the nickelodeon broadcast are scarce but we can only hope they lean into it and have like wait did you write this mike or is this from your article that you yes I, I want this to be leaned into okay <laughs> Uh, I'll read the rest of this. I'm guessing that Mike wrote it. Uh, like a guy in a SpongeBob costume handling sideline interviews and some Nickelodeon star in the booth. And in any case, it'll be fascinating to see what a kid's football broadcast looks like, assuming it will be more discussion and explanation of the basics of what's going on. If the NFL sees success, this could be a push for more cross-platform broadcasts. Now, when you put it that way, I kind of start to get it. It's like, yeah, I could just see it as like kind of like... Um, a this is how football works kind of thing. I wouldn't expect them to do this every week, but you know, a one-off special. Like a game. Yeah, they, they broadcast Linda Ellerby on this. Yes, Nick News. Nick News' own Linda Ellerby. Wait, I thought that was Lori Beth Timber, or am I just aged out? <laughs> no, Linda Ellerby was the host of Nick the News. Host of Nick News. Lori Beth Denberg was on all that. And then she was a guest on a lot of the uh, the game shows, like Figure It Out. I think, speaking of Figure It Out, I think if it's anything sports-related, you get Summer Sanders. Yeah, Michael Malley is or Michael Malley. Call. <laughs> or what's uh, what was the, the Joe doing? Joe, <laughs> send it over to Joe. Just just sidelining a referee shirt. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, this is a cool idea. Um, I'm, I'm, I, it's interesting. Uh, I don't know if football maybe would the sport I would pick for this, but um, I th- like, like I said, I just think plenty of kids are already like in, you know, peewee football and stuff. Yeah, but you know, then you actually have a niece who's age targeted to exactly this sure. that I assume they're going to target after. Uh, probably not for football, but yeah. I don't know. It's it's kids, you know. That's a general blanket statement. Yeah, oh, it's an interesting idea. She's um, gonna be real into football, I can tell. Riley, start him young. Football, mm-hmm. bring him young. Yeah. Uh, mm. uh, anyway, you by you? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, let's move on. Oh to a dark subject here. Our favorites over at the Sinclair Broadcast Group. No, no, no. Hold judgment. Uh, they, have owned, they, of course, as we've reported before, own 21 regional sports networks from coast to coast. Uh, but this time, they're kind of making up for their, uh, I guess, misdeeds. I still don't think this changes how I feel about them, though. Uh, by setting up an emergency fund worth multiple millions of dollars. Uh, nearly 1,000 freelance production workers are eligible for a $2,500 interest-free advance starting April 3rd. Sinclair announced that the loans are available for any freelancers. Loans. just want to underline that and italicize that for the audience at home. Uh, are available for any freelancers who have worked regularly, that's in quotes, on a regional sports network in a home market this year visiting team freelancers for sports networks who often are actually local contractors are not eligible. Rolls eyes. 
Sinclair said the loans can be paid back in small increments once the season starts up again, or in Major League Baseball's case, uh, once it starts at all. So, so yeah, they're still bad. Yeah, it still sucks. Like, I'm sorry. Like, they can try to like make the, their image a little better by saying, like, no, we're helping our our freelancers, but that doesn't sound like help. That sounds like more debt. It just sounds like, hey, yeah, we're gonna help you out a little bit, but twenty five hundred dollars for some people, that's not enough for rent for two months. Barely. Oh, uh, did you tell that to the government? I, hey, dude, that's a whole nother story that goes beyond the reach of this podcast. Oh, no, it does. We don't have a political segment here. We don't have time to get into that whole fiasco. No. We do but have time to talk it about it is interesting to that this is being juxtaposed from other uh, news stories that are out there that I didn't uh, cover, mainly being from Disney and Time Warner and other production yeah. companies where they are foregoing CEO and VP checks uh, this month in order to um, pump money into those freelance workers who work on productions that yeah. are currently not in production. And I bet uh, those Netflix aren't Netflix set up a big thing for it as yeah. well. And I bet those aren't loans that they have to pay back either. No, no, they're not loans. They're checks. They're, yeah, they're so, paychecks. I don't know. They just continue being a god-awful company making god-awful decisions, especially when they just found themselves into all this money where they, you know, have all these networks. Like, they, they have the money to pay their employee. Like, this is a weird excuse. Oh, no, it's definitely a weird excuse, but also, you know, something you should highlight and not go unnoticed in this time of need. Yeah. Anyway, let's talk about something fun. Let's talk about the television that we've watched this week. We have thoughts about not one, not even two, not even three, but four different shows this week. <laughs> Hopefully this will go by quickly. All right. Uh, let's get the seasonal one out of the way because the other ones are, um, well, fine, finite at least for now. Uh, the Good Doctor, season three. Okay, so you like The Good Doctor. It was one of your top five shows last year. Yes, it's so good. Oh. Um, also very heart racing this past season. Lots of drama. Continues to be a good show. I'm glad to see it got picked up for two seasons. But because we're at the end of season three, I think. Yeah, at the end of season yeah, three, um, there's going to be a uh, casting shakeup, as it will be, uh, as is normal for most cases of seasons that run on this long. Yeah. Um, we just ended that season, so we had to, had to say goodbye to one, possibly two, maybe three characters. Uh, but we won't find out about that until the start of the next season. Oh, it was so good. I cried. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but compared to this and um, This Is Us, which one do you cry more at? It's a good question. Mm, probably This Is Us, but this episode got me. Well, yeah, this was their finale. This oh, was where all the did, emotion was poured into They did into really it. good. They did a really good job. They seem to be of a piece. It seems like that the, both of those shows are very similar in the way that they kind of tug on the heartstrings. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so compared to the first couple seasons, how did the season shape up? Um, the, it's that transition. Uh, I, you noticed, um, I don't want to use Scrubs, but uh, from Scrubs, because uh, also Doctor Show, 
yeah. when they get about season three, season four, where they start to not become residents, but actual doctors, that's when you see like, oh, they're taking on more responsibilities now. That's kind of what this season was. It set them up to basically take on those roles. So that way when they have these senior, quote, senior leadership on the show leave, that they can just step in and be like, well, they don't need the mentorship anymore or the mentorship yeah. isn't as important anymore that they need to stand on their own two feet now. And that's kind of where it's going. Okay. Also, they transitioned one of the characters from being a surgeon out into being a practitioner so they can, you know, have that aspect to explore as well in future seasons, kind of branching themselves out there. Okay. So it's a, it's a, TV, it's a TV show in transition. This is the shift that they go from, from it being, oh, we don't know how well this, is, this will do, to we've been picked up for two, three seasons that we have to work with yeah. guaranteed. They know their future, more or less. They're writing the next couple seasons arcs. They're right. feeling pretty comfy, so letting things kind of... Well, and I think they're at the stage where maybe a better example would be like Grey's Anatomy, where like they faded out one era of people i used to love 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 that show but it yeah the original characters were where it's at but they it's phased a few so out long. they few they phased yeah but it's still going <laughs> yeah it, it, anyway uh, <laughs> um they phased a few out and now i'm sure the next trajectory i don't know if i'm allowed to say this yeah. but they're probably going to bring in a whole crop of new residents i would imagine because the ones that are still there are going to be officially done with their residency i believe this year so yeah. it's like that'll be the next that that's where it's going yeah it's a nice hook that these medical shows have where they can like kind of they have an excuse for like kind of doing a churn because it's like oh no they're done they're done with the hospital they're moving <laughs> right exactly <laughs> it's a nice out that they have yeah or but i'm moving ER back home to family that's always a good one that i'm moving back home to family or I've been offered this new... Uh, Spoiler alert. <laughs> well, no, that's a, always a thing. In every medical drama or any, like, procedural, it's always the thing. Or moving back to my hometown, or I've been offered a new job over here. Always a thing. Okay, well, that sounds good. That sounds like a positive end. Yeah. Uh, what else do we got on the, the ledger here? Oh, speaking of positive ends... Yes. Sorry to the future president. So, yes, Disney Plus's own. Uh, how did this end up wrapping up for you? Uh, in typical teenage girl fashion. <laughs> uh, typical middle mean? school drama where everything does work out for everyone in the end. You're able to solve all your differences. Disney I don't think Channel that's how the stuff. real teenage girl dramas go, but okay. Uh, hey. This teenage girl got the courage she needed from her state senator to fix all her problems. Hey, Christy, is that, that real? Did you get encouragement from your state senator? No, it was very much more on a my so-called life freaks and geeks kind of <laughs> level for me. <laughs> Fair enough. You're, you mean your middle school didn't take a trip to the state capitol where you met your senators who gave you no. inspiration for the rest of your life? No. This, this is going to be weird. I just like cried a lot in my room, like sat in the <laughs> corner at dances. <laughs> it's going to be a weird uh, thing because of like ge geographically, this shouldn't make sense. But ours actually did do a trip to DC. 
Oh, uh, no. my. We were supposed to. Yeah. yeah let me tell you the story about how when I was in. Story. Okay. A uh, story. And when I, it's not that interesting, but when I was when in eighth grade, ears. we were supposed to take a trip to DC, mm -hmm. and there was a massive snow. It was the year of not nine eleven. Um. One. So. It, or it was like that January and there was the like a one. massive blizzard snowstorm thing. And then also there was the like, uh, the sniper, the like DC sniper oh, was happening. Man. So our parents, everybody was like, uh, like there's like terrorists and people getting sniped and there's like 12 inches of snow and you're taking a yeah. train like, no. January and 02 was messed up. <laughs> So uh, I've never gotten to go to Washington, D.C., even though I didn't live that far away from it growing up. Yeah. Like, yeah. Wow. Okay. Because we went, uh, I went with my family, but this must have been pre-9-11, but not by a whole lot. I don't know. I never went to uh, D.C. Mm -hmm. Our fifth grade trip was to Sacramento. Mm -hmm. Uh or Fort Sumner up there. Okay. Fort Sumner. But that was my state capital trip. Anyways, Wait, yes, Diary of the Future President. Wait, you guys have a Fort Sumter too? We do. What? There's multiple. I think that's right, where the gold rush was. Yeah. Wait, what's the one in, in Charleston called? That's Fort Sumter. Yeah, I think that's also Fort Sumter. Oh, okay. It's a different person. It can be both. That's the one where the Civil War started. Yeah. We had to go there every single year for school. Wow. I was so bored. I was like, it's just a bunch of rocks. Why must we come here every year? You love rocks. What are you talking about? <laughs> I do love rocks, but they're boring rocks. They're like... Hey, I geology say rocks. It. I won't say it the way I normally say it. It's a uh -huh. bunch of cement. Thank you. Anyways, um, yeah, right, going to the state capital. Go to the state capital works for um, the characters here. Yes. Miss, also, Miss, um, Miss. one of the characters may be by. Who knows? Oh, on a Disney internet, but never confirmed. Yeah, that My. part is kind of left hanging. Yeah, it's a. Uh, it's left. Yeah, definitely left hanging. Um, I'm not, I was supposed to look up if this thing got a season two or not, but I can definitely see a season two here. I wouldn't be surprised considering Disney has complete control over this network, so. Uh, actually, it's a CBS production. Wait, really? Yeah. Huh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that until the, the final episode when it went through all the credits and at the <laughs> end did CBS Productions. <laughs> Wow, it's amazing what happens when they actually let you watch the credits for a show. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so, but, but that could also be because it was uh, a Fox thing, thing being produced for Fox, and so mm -hmm. they just took it. That, like it was in production, and then when the network shakeups stuff happened after the purchase, they were like, eh, we can put this on streaming. Yeah. But I like it. I like all the characters. Uh, I'll be looking forward to a season two when that okay. happens. Cool. Yeah. All right. Now you guys uh, get get uh, get ready. It's time for you guys to uh, talk about 
the Netflix show du jour. Tell us about it. Tell us Tiger about King. the king. The, the, the king of tigers. The talk of social media. Yes. The thing we didn't know we needed or deserved during <laughs> the pandemic. I like the, the thing holding the world together. I like holding it, gluing it. Like we've deserved this. It's like, With oh. And mayhem and murder. That's All right, what is Tiger King? So once you're done watching The Circle and done watching Love is Blind, the next trash TV you should pick up is Tiger King because it is a trash documentary. <laughs> it's insane. Way. It's not a reality so, show. This is a documentary. So the premise is that it's initially it's covering sort of the secret world of big cat owners, people that own like tigers and lions and bears, oh my, um, <laughs> at their, whether it's their place of residence or they have sort of like an illegal zoo going on i don't know yeah. it's it's sort of so it starts with that and it yeah, covers but more or less don't they find out that apparently the world of like these people is like way crazier than they thought it was gonna be absolutely yes so yeah. do you want to talk or you want me to talk no no i want to take your take before i take your take down um <laughs> okay Wow, you get really in front about how he's how he feels about this. That show. makes me feel really good. Um, I'm not going <laughs> to say it was the best thing I've ever watched, obviously, but it did really hold your interest. You know, okay. it was one thing after another. It was, you know, Joe Exotics, the main character. He's <laughs> cowboy, owner, polygamist, um, gay he's married to two husbands at one point they get married in pink shirts it's real iconic it's going to be the halloween costume of the year oh, no. um oh yeah um there's a murder for hire plot there's um there's <laughs> the most normal person on the show is literally like someone from scarface like somebody who like was involved in like a drug bust who this was this piqued my interest he smuggled drugs inside snakes Wait. Yes. He had the snakes eat eat the yes. drugs? Yes. Or he cut them open and sewed them and then whatever. I don't know exactly. But I <laughs> the absurdity but the point is that it's completely absurd and it just escalates. <laughs> and once you start watching, you're like, I can't not I can't not know what happens. <laughs> and you also find out in episode three or four that they had other footage for the reality show that was destroyed in a fire. So we'll never get to see what the heck was there. And I mean, I think it's completely ridiculous, but the memes have brightened yeah. my day on a daily basis when we're going through a weird time. So. It sounds like the city of Long Beach is agreeing with you. <laughs> yeah, I don't, yeah. Beep, anyway. beep, beep, sorry. Uh, but yeah, no, that sounds like exactly what I thought it was, is like crazy, like the, this like crazy world of this dude. Because yeah, we I was telling you about this before the podcast, but um, Christy and I, we kind of did, or she did a deep dive on uh, Wikipedia and was basically reading to me Joe Exotic's Wikipedia page. Mm -hmm. And just all the stuff that this guy has done. I'm like, wow, this guy's messed up. It's yeah, insane. It's, it's crazy. And that's kind of the one thing that turned me off of it is that okay. it's a documentary and it got too crazy for its own uh -huh. sanity. 
Okay, well, here's a question for you then. As someone who's watched the Netflix parody of these docuseries shows, American Vandal, does it ever go too into like, this could be a parody of itself kind of zone? Um, the hangoff for each episode does lend itself to that. Yeah. Yeah, to where uh, that's the gimmick of it is that at the like last five minutes of each episode, it's like, oh, but you never heard about this, did you? And like, wait, what? <laughs> now I have to watch the next episode to know what the hell you're talking about. I mean, I would argue that every TV show on planet Earth does that. But <laughs> no, because sometimes it, no, no you yeah, every show leaves a cliffhanger. That's not like an original idea. No, it's not. I think he. I think he's saying that it's the way they present it is Could almost have... like parodic. No, like, no, it is. It's they're expected they're... to do a cliffhanger because otherwise, because it's, it's a documentary, off. it's set up from a single perspective, and because in doc you can't never cover every perspective. Yeah, and so it sets people up to be your heroes, people up to be your villains. Because you're getting a certain perspective of everything and not necessarily the whole story, the whole truth. Like the whole meme of Carol King or Carol Baskins, come on, dude. Whatever. <laughs> Carol Keen. Carol Baskins killed Carol Baskins killed her husband and fed him to the tigers. That's just what you need to know about this. <laughs> It's my favorite sentence I've heard all week. For the pure hilarity and absurdity of it all, it's worth watching. It's not like, oh my god, this is the best documentary ever. Yeah, made. It's and that's what that's what I mean by like, you get to the end of like episode two, and they say, oh, by the way, she killed her husband, and then it just ends. They're like, what? I have to watch more, and that's the thing of it gets you to watch so, the next episode. Okay, but, so it sounds like it sounds like you both agree that it's silly and entertaining, but it's like. Mike, you seem to have a problem with the, that it's the artifice of it, where it's like, it's too docu-series-y for you. Like so the first two episodes focus on what the doc was supposed to be about. Yeah, like, but then they about shift. About the tigers. And, and polygamy. Yeah, then it, it shifts <laughs> like immediately to focus solely <laughs> on Joe Exotic and everything going on in his life and who he has feuds with and Oh, finally, a show, him, so. a show about my two favorite things, tigers and polygamy. And revenge. There's a guy who has five wives. I just want to let you know that. <laughs> Three husbands, uh, five wives. Oh my it's gosh. Absurd. This, I mean, it sounds fascinating, and but everything that people have been talking about it on the internet it sounds crazy. I personally will never watch this. You don't need to. I just don't have the, the patience for something. You don't know else. how long you're going to be in quarantine, honey. Never say never. That's a good point. Like We just got it over with because everyone kept asking us. And we watched it in literally 24 hours. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. So we fast-tracked it. Well, we had a friend who started it at midnight and finished it at 5 a.m. Oh, no. That was real. <laughs> All right. Well, that sounds fun. We'll get back but... to you in June to see if you... Yeah. Have watched it. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. All right. Well, we need to do one more thought. The one and, you're most excited to talk about. Well, it's tough because it's it feels like this is a weird time to talk about an ending, especially an ending to a show that we've probably talked about like since this we started doing this podcast. An ending that we already talked about the ending for. Except it's wasn't the real ending. Now we have the real ending. I'll just get to it. So 
Um, Steven Universe is officially over as of this week. Um, it's follow-up series, it's epilogue series, if you will, Steven Universe Future had its final episodes on Friday, and they used the last episode of that to kind of be an official last episode of the series as a whole. So the whole story is over. Everybody gets their ending. Um, it is done, period. And I enjoyed it. If you said, if you said, uh, oh, watch this. The cartoon's not going to make you cry. You'd be lying. <laughs> yeah, like Steven Universe's entire run is like the perfect example for, for that argument. Be like, oh yeah, you think the, the cartoon made for children ostensibly. Not really. Um, uh, we can't make yes, your... it is. It's still for children. Just because it's on okay. Cartoon Network doesn't mean it's for children. I think there's a difference between something made for children and something that made that can be enjoyed by children. I think this I is. I think it's latter. made for children. I think it's it's intended for to be watched by some children. Yes, but I don't think that the creators intend it solely for children. So, anyways, no. <laughs> whatever. But you're not going to win right, this argument, Christy. I'm right. I'm pretty sure the, the, the interviews with the actual creators themselves have said as much, but... Where's the chat to agree with you? <laughs> the chat has no idea I what mean, you're talking about. I mean, I gotta be honest, Diary of a Future President was probably also made for children. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've been watching it. I'm 31. Yeah, that's the thing. Is like, like that's not an argument we need to have here. It's a moot point these days. Um, but what does matter, though, is that yeah, I agree, Mike. I think this was an excellent end for the series. It really felt like a full circle kind of ending, especially that very last episode where they kind of uh, called back to the first episode of the series. Yeah, was, cat cookies. Yeah, cookie with, cat. Cookie cat. Um, but but the yeah, this was definitely. But it was a different kind of ending when you start talking about the second to last episode, which I felt was like the real like emotional ending for the the characters. Because mm -hmm. it kind of combined like it, it made it was an ending for this specific series, Future. And the thing that makes Future a little different than the original run of Steven is that it's really focused in on Steven as a character. What what makes like what the like the realistic ending for somebody who is like him would be where like he spent the entire run of the series helping literally everyone out uh saving the world multiple times saving, saving the universe yeah the universe the steven universe basically found out that like went through a roller coaster ride about his you know his origin about with his mother everything try not to be spoilery but might be hard Too to late. um all this stuff and so, yeah, the question then at the end of, like, when you get past the movie is, like, yeah, but what about Steven? Like, what is, was he thinking about all this? And Future really drilled into that. Like, Future was a really good experiment into, well, how is he taking it? How is the brain behind this kid, if he did grow up and tried to live a normal life beyond this, what would happen? And because like, that's something cool. that a show like this and most shows don't ever get into that yeah. oh we have our series finale and then that's it everyone lived happily ever after right but you know when you have a show like tv universe where your main character is 10 i think they only age them up to 11 yeah by the end of that 
by the end of that. And then and here he's fifteen. Like oh, like, like okay, but he's still eleven. He still has his teenage years and adult years ahead of him. You know, yeah. stuff that literally changes a person. Yeah. But Stephen already went through that. And it would be so, it would have been so easy for them to do the easy way out, which would have just been have like, oh, rebellious teenager Stephen, which they kind of, they play around with a little bit, but they don't, they are not super cliche with it. Instead, what they do is a more realistic version of that, a very modern version of that, which is basically, what is the effect on his mental health? Let's really think about what mental health, like, how his brain would react to kind of these situations. And that's what I loved about this, especially that saying the last episode. It really, like, it answered that question, like, oh, what would, like, I don't know what I'm trying to say here. <laughs> I think ultimately it made me feel like it was a really, cartoons don't do that. And you're right, like television series don't really do that. And it was a very modern interpretation of what some, what kind of trauma uh, what trauma can do to a person. Okay, I mean, television shows in general don't get into deep emotional connection with, you know, not just your main core characters, but with every single character you ever bring into a series. Yeah. So, yeah, I appreciated that they were able to do that, which was a capper of this series, and also do the final episode and be a kind of like a full circle for the entire series. And yeah, it was really satisfying uh, for me personally um, as a, a fan of the show. Yeah, uh, I was also satisfied with the ending. I'm glad I binged the whole thing yeah. and not wait week to week or wait for the Stephen bombs. Because <laughs> yeah. my God, that's a roller coaster of an emotion. I was like, I gotta watch the next episode. Yeah. Now, uh, uh, Christy, how did you feel about all of this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah. yeah. That's it. Yeah, I, I do like how they, it was an epilogue to every single character they've ever introduced in, this, in the series. Yeah. Uh, even if it, some of it was background stuff, like, I'm glad that they got everybody involved. Mm -hmm. I'm just yeah. glad that Greg doesn't have to sleep in his van anymore. True. It's true. Or, or with all that hair. <laughs> Yeah, he looks good with a haircut. <laughs> Greg yeah. is the best character on the show. <laughs> but I do love how they got the universe name. I think that was very clever. It's a cute touch, yeah. And it makes sense for his character, too. Mm -hmm. It also worked really well as a thing to send Steven off the handle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, well... Um, I wish we could talk about more. I'll probably, we'll probably swing back into it when we talk about, God, this seems like forever from now, but the year-end wrap-up stuff at the end of the year. Oh, yeah. We'll be talking about this. Uh, but in this format, it doesn't, I, I can't really put the thoughts together right now. But yeah, well, someday on the Media Vote podcast, we will do a proper send-off for Steven Universe because I think it's a really important show that was really important for me specifically, too and for a lot of people out there and so yeah i feel like we're not can't really do it justice here but eventually we will right but what's a more important show steven universe or adventure time because i believe we moved adventure time on into our postponed i know tournament they're important for different reasons is what i'll say <laughs> anyway let's move on we have a podcast uh, to finish here we're only halfway done 
We have to go to cancellations and renewals. All right. When am I no longer watching? Uh, Messiah on Netflix has been canceled after one season. Where's uh, your Messiah now? Uh, canceled, apparently. <laughs> uh, Castlevania on Netflix is getting a fourth season. Lock and Key on Netflix will be getting a second season. I know you watched yeah, that. Yeah. Um, Shrill will be getting a third season on Hulu. October Faction on Netflix canceled after one season. I don't even know what that is. Pass. V Wars also canceled on Netflix after one season. All right, quick. What does the V stand for in V Wars? Vagina. <laughs> That's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> What does it actually stand for, Mike? Do you know? option here. I don't know. I'm just hoping someone would have said exactly what you said. Well, there you go. It worked out. Thank you. All right. <laughs> deaths. We have deaths, a lot of deaths to get through this week. Some real rough ones. First up, Landon Montgomery, uh, age 46, a co-founder of Gearbox Software. I didn't know uh, about this one. Yeah, also, he was the current president of NVIDIA, I believe. Huh. Or one of their executives. Okay. It was on the board. I know that much. There was some news about Gearbox that came out today, but I, it was so late breaking, I didn't have time to put it in the news. Mm-hmm. No, we won't talk about it, but maybe next week. Um, John Callahan, age 66, actor. He was in things like All My Children, Falcon Crest, Days of Our Lives, a big soap actor. Or uh, did he die? Dun, dun, dun. Is that in bad taste? I don't know. Mm. Probably. I think he would have wanted it or not expected it. Who knows? Mark Bloom, age 69. Nice. Uh, Actor uh, in Crocodile Dundee, uh, Mozart in the Jungle, Love is Blind, among other things. That's uh, Love is Blind, the movie, not the show. Yeah, not the Netflix series. (laughs) Alan Merrill, age 69 as well. Nice. Uh, Musician. Arrows, is that a song or a band? Band. Thank you. Uh, songwriter also he is responsible for writing um, I Love Rock and Roll the original version the Joan Jet is the cover of I Love Rock and Roll okay. uh, oh country singer Joe Diffie age 61 uh, this one's sad yeah that was that I saw one that one earlier this week from was, coronavirus too yeah from coronavirus so yeah okay. and we actually saw him a little bit at stagecoach last year so I'm glad we we stopped for a minute but I mean, he's one of the, he's one of the legends. So. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. That's a sad one. Uh, Vincent Marzello, age 68, an actor, was in The Witches, Never Say Never Again. That's a James Bond movie, I believe. Uh, Bob the Builder, among other things. I'm guessing a voice acting for Bob the Builder. Was he not the voice of Bob the Builder? I be- yeah, actually, I think I heard about this. I think he was Bob from Bob the Builder. Yeah. yeah. Can he fix it? Not anymore. Yes, he can. Oh, okay. Stand corrected. Uh, And yeah, this one uh, I just saw today. Adam Schlesinger, age sixty or fifty-two. Sorry, musician, of course, from Fountains of Wayne, but also a very uh, a prolific songwriter, um, known for writing Stacy's Mom, the theme from That Thing You Do, which uh, uh, was Oscar nominated. A lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of credits on movie songs like that. Um, also an Emmy winner. Won an Emmy for Elmo the Musical. 
the 65th Tony's op opening number also, and the closing number called We Tapped That Ass. No, the, that is That's something different. completely different. What's that? What was that? Uh, he, the 65th Tony opening number and the 66th Tony opening number for the Tonys, um, both by Neil Patrick Harris performance. But We Tapped That Ass is from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Oh. Which he won for. Oh. And I watched that, and it's hilarious. <laughs> and I implore you all. I dropped to, off. To you watch. know I dropped off that show. I know. But at least watch the YouTube video of We Tapped That Ass. <laughs> it is hilarious. But yeah, uh, he will be missed. Um, I know. I also just want to say that he was a producer and he produced half of the songs on one of my favorite albums of my favorite band ever, Motion City Soundtrack. Well, um, what I was just going to do was I was going to say, well, I was just going to prompt you and say, please tell, because I know you're a big fan, tell us more. Yeah, so he produced like half the songs on Even If It Kills Me, which is great album. Rico Kasich did like the other half, so it's like mm. mind blowing. Um, I, if you haven't listened to Tinted Windows, which is another band that he was in with James from Smashing Pumpkins and one of the Hanson brothers is in oh, the band. Really? They're like a, a power pop band. It's really fun. Um, he, also wrote the music for the Crybaby musical a few years ago. It's based on the John Waters movie. Mm -hmm. um, and he's great. And he's a really awesome person. And he will be very missed. He was an EGOT nominated. Uh, yeah. Not in all those categories. All right. Well, uh, let's pick up the show and let's switch over to music. Uh, Mike, I turned the proverbial microphone to you. All right, and we start music with the billboard because that's not being impacted that's by anything. still happening, yes. That's still happening. And we'll start billboard with the Hot 100. We have a new number one song, everyone. Yes, the box has been kicked. <laughs> so to I say. finally, by the way, before this podcast, we have listened to the box or at least the first three minutes of the box by Roddy Rich. What do you mean the I first three minutes? Far. How long is it? Um, it's like five minutes. Um, we did not listen to the first three minutes of it. We listened to the like first it. 30 seconds of it. <laughs> <laughs> felt longer. Did it feel like three minutes? <laughs> um, um, I know yes. what it sounds like now. It sounds, he's, uh, he's one of the many uh, people trying to be future. Well, okay. Except it's like not as bad. It's not Boogie with the Hoodie bad. It's worse? No, it's, it's better than that. <laughs> Oh, okay. He sounds like he can sing, this Roddy Rich fellow, and he also sounds like he wrote a decent hook. So well, let's stop talking about Roddy Rich and talk about the actual number one song okay. this week. Blinding Lights by The Weeknd. Yes, The Weeknd. Uh, number two is The Box by Roddy Rich. Number three, Don't Start Now by Dua Lipa, which mm -hmm. we'll get to later. Uh, number four, Heartless, also by The Weeknd. Not the Kanye West one. No, and <laughs> not the Green Day cover either. <laughs> or the Fallout Boy cover, which was arguably better. 
And <laughs> number five, because of course it is Circles by Post Malone. Still there. Still there. Uh, let's go over to the albums chart, the Billboard 200. And once you know it, The weekend is once again at the top with his album, After Hours. Did you listen to this album? I did not listen to The weekend. no. I wanted to enjoy uh, my Friday. <laughs> <laughs> you know how we enjoyed our Friday? I think you mean enjoy The weekend. I was trying to avoid that joke. We, we watched Tiger King. You should too. <laughs> no, I'll get to what I listen to on Friday. Yeah. Open it in. All right. Uh number two, Eternal A Take by Lil Uzi Burt. Yep. Number three, My Turn by Lil Baby. <laughs> who are these people? <laughs> I don't know. I know who they are. Number I'm four. Y H. L Q M D L G by Bad Bunny. Mm-hmm. And number five, Kid Crow by Conan Gray. I guess I don't know who he is. No one does. But apparently people listen to it. Enough to be number five. Well, if you didn't want to listen to any of those albums, we have new releases. What am I listening to this week? I don't know what you're listening to, but here are the new releases. <laughs> we have Car Alarm by Long Beach. <laughs> you know, I would believe that that was a release this week. <laughs> Quarantine in the LBC. <laughs> <laughs> There's too much drama here. Beep, beep. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what is actually coming out this week? We have If You're Dreaming by Anna Birch. I will be listening to that. Juice. By Born Ruffigans, not featuring Juice World. Blaming <laughs> on the juice. I didn't realize or that, that song. Still banned, uh, we also have "I'm Your Empress of" by by Empress of. Mm-hmm. Oh hell yeah! Yeah. No, no, that's just it. There's there's nothing after that. It just ends with Empress of. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Empress of hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's what she should go by from now on. We also have Womb by Purity Ring. That's in all caps. That's why I yelled Womb. Like a car or is it like the thing that babies grow in? Womb. Is that better? (laughs) The thing that babies grow in. Womb. Like a car. Womb. Boom, boom. <laughs> and the then way, you have twins. Yes, yeah, the way that you were saying <laughs> Okay, all right, moving on. We also have the Mike and Mickey show live by the monkeys. Yeah, those monkeys. Yes, those monkeys. Are those the uh, two la- are those the two remaining monkeys? Uh, I believe so. <laughs> I think so too. Uh, we also have It Is What It Is by Thundercat. And I could probably swear we've had that title before by oh, somebody I'm else. Sure it's been used before by another artist. Uh, we also have I Feel Alive by Tops. Mm-hmm. Uh, Heaven to a Tortured Mind by Yee's Tumor. 
Who are these people? Did I say that right? Yeast See enough, I've recognized every name this week. Uh, and <laughs> lastly, Migration Stories by M. Ward. It's just M. Ward. <laughs> there is a period like there. M. Ward. You never know what to consider and what to ignore with these <laughs> names. Man, country's great. Like, say you it can all. just read a name and it's. Like, <laughs> <laughs> dang, the superior. That's genre. true, yeah. The superior genre strikes again. <laughs> I know I'm outnumbered here, but it's fine. Anyway, go on. No, I, don't, I don't have a problem with, with country as a genre. Just a problem I with how everything country. else names things. Wait, Christy likes country? I do. You've been depriving me. Okay, anyway, hold on. This is a story for another day. Continue. <laughs> podcast talking let's there. talk about bob dylan oh let's yeah bob, about dylan. bob dylan well as you know for years bob dylan fans have spoken in a sort of hushed awe about the longest song oh. he ever released Highland, because <laughs> there could only be one <laughs> like highlander you got it <laughs> island cows baby oh my and god album so side cute. length 1997 <laughs> track that ran 16 minutes and 31 seconds. Uh-huh. Do you now, think he can beat the record? Now, 23 years later, he's slightly outdone himself. <laughs> because as the clock struck midnight on the East Coast Friday morning, Dylan released a new song, Murder Most Foul. They didn't write this. This was the this was the variety story. Yes, but this is also how I'm interpreting it. I wish this was a video. <laughs> Because the drama over here is just unparalleled. The, oh, just the wait drama is it, soothing wait the, the interpretive oh, dance moves to this like monologue are just <laughs> Wait until he gets to the quotes portion because I want him to do his best Dylan impression. Oh, God. <laughs> Ooh, can we all do our Dylans? All right, Mike, let's see yours first. Uh, the new song, Murder Most Foul, that has a running time just seconds shy of the 17-minute mark. And it's an epic free association on the 1963 assassination of President John F. Period. Kennedy. Kennedy. <laughs> <laughs> Little information was given about the surprise track, except for a brief statement from Dylan himself. And it went a little something like this. Mike. Greetings to my fans and followers with <laughs> gratitude for all of your support and loyalty over the years. Not a very good Bob Dylan. I never said it was. <laughs> this is his internal monologue talking. Oh. This is an unreleased song we recorded a while back that you might find interesting. Stay safe, stay observant, and may God be with you. Bob Dylan. <laughs> All right. Anyone else want to give their best Bob Dylan? You're going to take that to the comedy clubs? You're going to take that one around? Yes. Uh, my interpretation of Bob Dylan's inner monologue. Yeah. Dramatic yeah. reading a la Patrick Stewart. <laughs> Ooh, have you been seeing he's been posting a sonnet a day on Twitter? FYI. <laughs> Patrick Stewart has. That's yeah. why I brought it up. A sonnet a day keeps Corona at bay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, we have new Bob Dylan. We don't need to hear our Dylans. Let's move on. No, I'm gonna do it. Okay, do it. All right. 
Everybody, here's a new song I wrote. <laughs> Be safe. <laughs> Very observant. I like how much of it is in the head movements. <laughs> All right, so we're going to add Bob Dylan along with Gardein to this podcast. Probably WrestleMania too. We hyped that a lot. <laughs> Probably sold some people on WWE Network. Where's our Where's our uh, money, Mr. McMahon? Come on, send me the we check. We should probably tag Netflix for Tiger King because, like, that's the hype oh, show. No, trust me. If Netflix hasn't sponsored us yet, like, they don't listen to this podcast. We weekly Netflix updates. Somewhere. We got to shoot a little lower than Netflix. <laughs> All right, let's talk about something else. Maybe Voodoo. <laughs> mean Quibi? If oh no! Not, no, 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 not Quibi. Anyway, funny too. Freaking Jeffrey Katzenberg. Let's move on. Uh, uh, Quibi, what, real quick. Quibi's supposed to launch this weekend, but may or may not launch. Yeah, like it's yes, time for Quibi. Quibi, a thing that's supposed to be great for people on the go doing things, doesn't seem like a great move right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, that's. TV news, maybe even streaming news. Should we ever start that? We need to get back to music news right now. Yes, yeah, sorry, yes. I've because been Taylor Swift is in the music news again. Yeah, so from Bob Dylan, we go to Taylor Swift, another singer-songwriter of sorts. Perfect um, segue. Perfect segue. What, a, what an interesting she's transition. Not, yep. She's giving me the side eye right now. Um, <laughs> she's in the news, though, for a really good reason, though. Let's well, hear it. Taylor Swift hasn't been spotted casually browsing in record stores over the years uh, quite as often as LP shopaholic Elton John. But, Again, I didn't write this story. But that doesn't mean she doesn't have an equal interest in keeping them open and thriving. <laughs> Grimey's, which is an independent store in her hometown of Nashville, True. has confirmed uh, that Taylor Swift has quietly made a contribution to help out employees during the shop's coronavirus-related closure. Mm-hmm. Rolling Stone talked with Grimey's co-owner, Doyle Davis, who confirmed the donation. Quote, We were very surprised, and I wouldn't have to say amazed, that Taylor Swift reached out to us through her publicist to offer some relief during the COVID-19 pandemic. I didn't even know we were on her radar, but she really stepped up to help after the recent tornadoes that struck Nashville and Middle Tennessee. And now she's trying to help a beloved small business in her city. This is good news all around. This is neat because, um, I mean, there's been a lot of talk about like celebrities actually using their power to actually do something, which let's get get this across first, is not singing Imagine to a bunch of people over streaming. It's not how you do it. No, no, you, how you do it. Get, is, put your actual money where your uh, mouth is. It's and, and this is a really interesting one because I haven't even heard of anybody else do, helping out a local store. This is the first story I've seen about a celebrity helping out a local store, which is really it surprised me. And I think see, like it was it was really telling on my Twitter this morning. Everybody that was saw this headline uh, immediately said, "This is April Fools, right?" Nobody wanted to believe that this was actually happening because nobody, like, we were so quick to assume that, like, oh, Taylor's not, you know, not somebody who would do something like this. 
So I think it's cool that she would do something like this and that they did prove it was her. That being said, of course, I would, of course, rather, you know, wake up to a headline that said she donated, like, a big chunk of her money to some, like, giant cause or something. That would be even better. Yeah, but at least but, we know this is going directly to a shop, directly yeah. to employees, rather than being lost in the jumble of a big yeah. company. I actually read, too, a couple days ago that she was giving out, like, three grand of fans, too. Okay. Like she was Venmoing and PayPaling like fans. Yeah, I saw is, that too. That's really yeah. awesome. I've seen uh, some some headlines about that. Uh, Ariana Grande was doing something similar as well. Mm. Also, really the cool. queen of everything, Britney Spears. And Britney, yes. Britney, Britney Spears, Spears supposedly ran a <laughs> hundred meter dash faster than Usain <laughs> Bolt. <laughs> yes. I don't know if you guys saw that debacle, but that no, was but I love it. <laughs> She posted on she posted on Instagram that she ran like a five point something and Jeez. his like records like nine seconds. And she's like, I'm coming. And then like later she was like, No, it's not real. But like she like seriously posted it. It's like maybe you ran a hundred April Fool's joke. No, no, no. This was like a week ago. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> somehow better. This, somehow was this was one hundred percent not April Fool's. <laughs> No, I, she's having just such a great 2020. I love her so much. Between We're talking about uh, Britney Spears, right? Yeah. And between all this and that uh, that story about how she was like, she said to a bunch of her followers that they should like, like redistribute the wealth. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, loving, I'm loving this era of Britney Spears. <laughs> anyway. Well, hit me baby one more time with some thoughts. It's uh yeah, it's a yeah. 20. 20 it's, uh, thought time. <laughs> yeah, it was the anniversary of Oops, I Did It Again. Yes. The single. Yep. All right. Let's um, continue. All right. We have uh, music thoughts. Uh, we'll do one, 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 one here. Ping pong back and forth. Because yeah, we both listened to two albums. Well, I also listened to the Dua Lipa record. Ooh. Well, let's we start there. Then. We want to start there then? Or we'll end with that? Yeah, that's a good place to start. Okay, well, Dua Lipa, as we noted earlier, uh, has a single, and the number three currently, Don't Stop Now. True. So, so, uh, yeah, I listened to this. You listened to this. Yeah. I listened to this again. Yeah. And then I listened to this again. Yeah. Is that how you work? Uh... I, I got halfway through another listen today after a one full one last night or two nights ago. I forget when that time doesn't exist anymore. Right. Um, and yeah, if you want a surefire way of starting your own dance club inside your own quarantined place, that this is the way to do it. This album is fire. It's j- packed with jams. Um, she is now like, she takes the place of where Lady Gaga was a decade ago when Funny she, you say that because I was thinking more Katy Perry. I, you know what? There was an era there where we almost went full into dance pop as a mainstream thing. I feel mm-hmm. like we pulled it back a little bit over the course of the last decade. I think Dua Lipa is trying to s- say that no, it's not it's never it never died in her brain. She's yeah. still out here killing it on that front. And it's a this is a perfect example of that. Uh I have trouble singling out a single song because they're all that good yeah uh reminds me of that halsey record that we had which was yeah. also all that good 
Yeah. There was one, I don't, I don't, I did, wasn't looking at the track names when I um, was listening to it, mm-hmm. uh, but there was one specifically, I was like, okay, this is the one, but I don't, I couldn't tell you which one it was. But. Right, because they're all that good. Uh, I do like how she, it's all very up, pop, funk, jazz, all thrown in there and it all works. Every single song works. There's not a bad yeah. one in the bunch. Now, uh, Christy, I know you haven't listened to the record yet, but you were ahead of the game on the Dua Lipa train. I was. Yeah. Yeah, to me, she's still that, or she has been that featured artist featuring Dua Lipa. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, but can she stand on her own two feet? And this clearly shows that she definitely can stand on her own two feet here. So this is apparently her second record. Uh, Okay. I haven't listened, I haven't gone back to listen to her first, but it seems like this is even more in that direction than the first one. That's my understanding. So, hmm. yeah, but yeah, I, I, I had fun. I had fun with it. it. It's, it's, it's perfect for right now when you can't really go out to go dancing and like, it's a good like surrogate for that. It's like, oh, just put this on. You can just imagine that you are. Yeah, I, I, had this song, this album playing while I was throwing some darts. Okay. I hit three bullseyes because of this album. Wow, all right. So you just need to like take your 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 ear 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 pods and the, the, the bar and try it in real life when the bars reopen. Just turn off the country music and put this on. Yeah. Rock, rock the jukebox. <laughs> the Add Dua Lipa to this. So so we're you guys should tag Dua Lipa also so next to Garden. Yeah. I'm going to add some Dua Lipa to my 2020 songs. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, you like this album. We like some uh, media vote rating thumbs up. Go listen to yeah, it. Yeah, that's a big thumbs up. Um, I don't really have much to say about it beyond that, though, because I mean, it's, it's tough with music. It's like you can go into like, oh, well, what was she saying with these lyrics? And there's, that's not really the question here. Is like, this is more of just like. It made you feel oh, good. Time. Like this is, this is a fun time record. Yeah, it made you feel good. It felt like a good time listening to it. Although it and is interesting. Though, though when I was saying that I did, I did remember the last track on this thing is basically just a big, like a feminist kind of statement that she's making, which is. Oh, the of, boys will be boys, but girls a, will be women. It's a dramatically different feeling song than the rest of the record i'm not really sure why she did it but like every i guess every record that comes out like has to have some sort of statement now so I'm like, yeah but yeah, when you listen sure. to the first track on it though it kind of it kind of bookends the album yeah a little bit that's fair yeah i mean because it's a definitely a big contrast from the first song to the last song but then again the whole thing is a big party of a journey yeah all right, what else did you listen to? Um, well, I listened to Kelsey Ballerini's third album. Yeah, boy. Kelsey. <laughs> All right, tell no. me about the ballerini. Kelsey, Kelsey's ballerina. Um, <laughs> still talking about high school, apparently. <laughs> How old is she? Question mark. Oh, I had the exact same question listening to this album. Luke Bryan to where did, I had to actually look it up. I saw Luke Bryan did Spring Break albums, so he was like in his late thirties. That is true. That's calm, fair. Calm it down, like there. <laughs> we I'm all lived sure. in high school. Once. And I'm pretty sure that uh, somewhere Kenny Chesney is still talking about his college years. So 
Kenny Chesney's on a beach in Mexico sipping Coronas. Kenny can do normal. I hope he's not on a beach right now. <laughs> he probably owns a beach that he can be on. That's true. If it's it's an island. <laughs> Six feet island. away from Jimmy Buffett. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Continue about Kelsey. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so, um, I also have that same question after listening to this album of how old is she? Because this sounds like third album Taylor Swift. Okay. She's still talking about high school and still talking about chasing boys. And but like to be uh, fair, to be fair, by the time by the time of Speak Now, she was moved on. But anyway. She's only 26. She's yeah. not that she's only I thought 26. you I thought she was gonna be like my age. Like she's younger. Yeah, only 26. Once again, Luke Bryan, Spring Break, Toys 40. Anyway, we're, okay, we're believing. And it's all good. <laughs> How is this album? Uh, I would definitely enjoy this if I was a girl in high school or college. Okay. But being a man nearing his 30s, I still enjoyed it. It's still a good album. I like listening to it. It's a country party song. A kind of heavy on the thinking back from my hometown, thinking back on high school, okay. how things were back then, chasing the guys, being, hanging out with my girlfriends. But it's a fun album. I enjoyed it. So on the, the spectrum between Carrie Underwood and uh, Miranda Lambert, uh, is it more Carrie Underwood or more Miranda Lambert? That's a spectrum right there. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Why I said it. More Carrie Underwood because it is more pop. It has okay. a lot more of that poppiness to it. A lot more of those catchy lyrics. Mm -hmm. So it's not as sassy. Yeah. The way you're describing it kind of reminds me of that last Marin Morris record. Is it yes. kind of like Yes. It's okay. clearly up in that alley. Do you, are, so are you telling me that she's going to have a uh, EDM crossover like Marin is having right now? I doesn't would not she, be surprised. I think she might already have some sort of crossover. Um, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of which, have you guys heard that EDM remix of Marin Morris's Bones? No, but I'll put it on the list. It's been on the radio, or was on the radio back when I was still driving my car. Uh, <laughs> and uh, it. it blew my mind. I was like, "Why this song was fine? Like they didn't need to put a drop in it." Why I actually like happening? that song. It's really good. Yeah, weird like because I good. yeah I don't know weird choice, but hmm. yeah. But uh, I like this album. It's a good yeah. album. I enjoyed I'm it. Not too familiar with Kelsey Ballerini. Um, uh, like I was familiar with her singles, but not necessarily her albums. But yeah, I enjoyed listening to it. I'd seen her show up on like country award shows before. Yeah, I mean, I like Dua Lipa's better. You've seen yeah. her live too. I probably have seen her live. Oh, yeah, Kelsey Ballerini. Yeah, yeah, she's a stagecoach. A stagecoach or two. Yeah, <laughs> one of them. I think two or three years ago. Yeah. Okay, she's talented, but yeah, she's definitely trending in that poppy direction. I've heard. I didn't listen to the whole album, but I've heard a few of the songs, and which is fine. Yeah. We're all doing something. Yep. But you also listen to albums. I listen to a couple. All right. So tell um, so I knew you were gonna listen to Waxahatchie. Yeah, uh, I'll talk about that one first, uh, because early front runner for album of the year, I'm gonna say mm. right now. For me at least. <laughs> um I 
you know, I've been a big fan of Waxhatchee. Uh, since... Shocker. I am shocked. I have not been listening to you talk about them for the past five years. Uh, <laughs> second, since their second record. Uh, but yeah, uh, big fan of everything the Crutchfield sisters do. Um, this is definitely, uh, I believe it's Katie's best record yet. Um, I think she's really solidified her songwriting ability in, uh, with this one, where she's not necessarily reacting as much as she did in the last couple of records. Because if you look back to the last record, which I loved, uh, Out in the Storm, which came out in 2017, it's very much a breakup record. And you can hear in even the instrumentation in that record that she's angry. And it's a lot of hard guitar sounds. It's a lot of like, I mean, it's a breakup record. It's, it's what you think you write after, you know, something that's really, like, you get your heart broken. This is not that. This is very much like she's, ha- she's settled into kind of a groove. And that comes out in the way that the record sounds. It's a very folk-inspired record. It's funny that we talked about Bob Dylan today because... You can hear the Dylan influence in a handful of songs. Um, it's an Americana kind of folky kind of feeling. I actually recommend that you guys check this out, Mike, Kristen, because <clears throat> if you've never kind of like delved into kind of this kind of folk inspired indie world, this might be a good starting point uh, because there's a lot of sound that she's borrowing from traditional folk and country sounds. So... I recommend giving this a spin. The record's called Saint Cloud. I don't know if I said that. Uh, I don't think you said the album, but I have it written down here. Saint Cloud by Waxahachie. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's it's really well produced. It sounds pristine. It's like, I can't imagine though what it must have felt like for her not to, to know that now being releasing this into quarantine, uh, she can't tour on the record for months. She can't, you know, like it's going to be such a weird reaction i think because now all she'll get is the 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 internet feedback i can't imagine what it is to be like any artist right now releasing music into like well maybe that's why lady gaga decided to postpone her release as we mentioned last week yeah that's never the story though i don't think that postponement is necessary it's just it's an interesting kind of thing to think about it's like huh i wonder like what what the reaction is and like because you don't get that instant feedback that you do from a live audience um, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed this. Like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if this comes back around my year-end wrap-up. It's, it's excellent. Um, she really outdid herself on this one. And it's sad that I won't be able to see her do it live for a very long time. Yeah. I'll put a note on that then. Uh, but you also have a second album on here. So this one was a surprise. Uh, so in, uh, I kind of every once in a while when I try to um, do kind of a music catch-up day, where I go through all my blogs and be like, all right, what's, what should I listen to this week? And music blog, I frequent a lot, Stereo Gum. They do an album of the week feature. And I generally try to at least try a track from their album of the weeks every week, just so I know it's like, okay, this is supposedly what they think is the best thing that came out this week. Um, so I listened to this record called 925 by this band called Sorry. Sorry? Yeah, just the word sorry. And yes, Christy, this is your opportunity to talk about how much you hate bad band names. Yeah. If you can't Google it without putting the word band after it, like your band name sucks. <laughs> it's probably named after the board game though, right? I don't know. I don't get that vibe. Um, the best way to describe this record is 
what if there was an alternate timeline in which Billie Eilish didn't make pop music and instead she was British and made, and formed a scrappy punk rock band, but also wanted to make it sound weird and sometimes digitized and with random experimental sounds happening, but it wasn't pop, it was kind of indie rock. <laughs> so what Estelle did? It, it's kind of, the stereo gum writer described it as like like Gen Z in its spirit. Just so like we're like of, three gens removed from that. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like how Billie Eilish is seen as this very Gen Z kind of artist. It's very much in that kind of way where it's like this is experimental. Uh, it's also kind of like uh, I don't know how online you guys are, but are you familiar? And I've talked to Christy about this band before. Because uh, it's mystif- they're mystifying to me. But 100 Gex, have you guys seen that? No. <laughs> they're also the either. young kind of uh, two people like that are doing these. But they're kind of more in like, they're kind of combining genres in weird ways, but they're more on the electronic side of things. So the 100 Gex will have a song, like song that starts like a trap, like a rap song, but then it goes into an EDM drop. But then at the end, it's kind of got this weird, like, acoustic part. It's kind of like that. <laughs> Where it's, it's less a mono genre, and it's more just like, let's put all of these genres into a blender. So sometimes you end up with a kale smoothie. Yeah. But in this case, you would kind of end up like with more maybe like a, a ch- really syrupy chocolate shake. Huh. It's it's dingy. It's like low fidelity. It's but it's still produced. Yeah, Christy, you would hate this. This is why I haven't told you about this <laughs> because I knew you would just. I knew what your reaction was going to be like. Oh, that doesn't sound good. Anything that's described as lo-fi, I'm yeah. like, it's nope. it's pretty lo-fi, but it's like, but it's interesting because they'll have random sax solos. They'll jump from like genres like. Like the songs will like morph as they're playing. They'll be like, it's, it's really hard to describe unless you're listening to it. Uh, but I actually really loved it. It's really new sounding. It, Christy, maybe this will help you kind of get in the, 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 the mindset of what this sounds like. Remember the first time you heard Sleigh Bells? Yeah, I loved it. It's kind of like that where it's like, I have never heard anything like this before. That's the that's literally the thought that entered my mind when I was listening to this. Is like this is a combination of genres that I haven't personally heard before. Kind of like how Sleigh Bells was like, let's take this like heavy metal influence, but let's mix it with this like kind of martial like like huge bass breaking like sound and just like make something new out of it. This is like that where it's like let's take indie rock, but let's we've also clearly have this knowledge of hip hop and we also clearly have this knowledge of, of dance music. And we like, they're t- coming from all sorts of directions with it. It's really, really interesting. And yeah. Um, Is it like 21 pilots? No, 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 no. Not less poppy. It's less pop. It's, it's not really pop influenced at all. Like something like a 21 pilots is. Um, I recommend, if you're going to listen to a track off this thing, I recommend, uh, there's one called, um, it's near the middle of it. Uh, What's it called? Anyway. Oh, anyway, but yeah, it's good. Uh, I enjoyed it. It's weird, 
but it's a good weird. <laughs> okay. I guess that's a good way to put it then. It's weird, but a good weird. Oh, Starstruck. That's the name of the. If you're going to list us one of the songs off the record, uh, the track Starstruck is probably a good starting point. Yeah. Okay. Anyways. So, yeah, give it a listen. Interested? Weird, but weird, good, weird? Eh, I think so. But yeah, we can move on now. All right. Uh, move on to our last segment here, video games. Video games. We have some new releases. All right, what, what's going on in the world of video games? We have Below for the PlayStation. Previously an Xbox exclusive. Finally playing PlayStation 2 or 4? 2. <laughs> what year is this? Disaster Report 4, colon, Summer Memories by the PlayStation Switch and PC. <laughs> when I was typing this, this made me laugh because I love the... The, the the juxtaposition of Disaster Report 4 and then Summer Memories. <laughs> like, oh, how quaint. And lastly, the new release, Resident Evil 3 for the PlayStation, Xbox, and PC. That, of course, is a remake, just like the, the one they did for 2 last year. Yes. Uh, but I will also point out that you have a release on here that uh, you don't have. Okay. Modern Warfare 2 Campaign. That was a surprise release, which is why it wasn't on the Metacritic site. But yes, uh, the campaign, the remaster of the Modern Warfare 2 campaign is available now for 20 bucks. Yep. Uh, note, that is only for the PlayStation. You have to wait 30 days for the Xbox and PC versions. So yeah, if you want to play a uh, 4K version, 4K HDR version of No Russian, now you can do it. And yeah, I mean, that's out now. I mean, they said oh. that they're going to do uh, the modern it, single. It's campaign only. There is no multiplayer campaign, right. which is why it's twenty bucks. Yeah, but they will be adding the Modern Warfare Two maps, classic maps, to the recent uh, Modern Warfare release. Okay, we have a departure. Christy is going to leave us. Oh, uh, talk about Animal Crossing. Yeah. Oh, you're going to talk about Animal Crossing? Well, yeah. yeah, we'll get there, but no, it's fine. Okay. Bye. You must go. You must go. Bye. All right. Bye. Okay. Just us. I lost my light. (laughs) It's okay. We have a Nintendo Direct to talk about. That will be your light. As Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition coming May 29th. Also, Bioshock, Borderlands, and XCOM 2K games are headed to the Switch. Yeah, this was a big surprise, uh, seeing as these games are enormous. <laughs> yep. Uh, we also have Ring Fit Adventure has a new rhythm mode, which yeah. are you going to be talking about later? No, I didn't try the new rhythm mode. I did uh, jump back into Ring Fit this, this week, but I have not played that one specifically. Okay. We also have Super Smash Brothers Ultimate brings a new fighter, the arms fighter. Uh, also, arms gets a free trial. And Clubhouse Games, colon, 51, Worldwide Classics announced. <laughs> yeah, if you had asked me if I thought there was going to be a Switch sequel to the DS game Clubhouse Games, I would have never believed you. <laughs> <laughs> but it's back. Yeah. Uh, the 2K Games is a surprise, but a welcome surprise. And I think arms threw everybody off. But then yeah. again, it is a Nintendo 
only release or Nintendo exclusive, so it makes sense. Yeah. But that's not the biggest story this week. No, it's not. Because Nintendo had another big story. Well, uh, a Mario story. Before you start, I just want to say, yes, I realize technically this is still technically a rumor because they have not confirmed it. However, I decided to follow through with reporting on this anyways because it seemed to be corroborated by so many different sources that this has to eventually happen. Yeah, I mean, I saw this and immediately said it here in this household and I was like, yeah, that sounds like something interesting. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, Mario, a new report from BBC, claims that Super Mario 64, Super Mario Sunshine, and Super Mario Galaxy are among the Mario games coming to the Switch this year. These three will reportedly be released as part of a remastered anniversary collection for the 35th anniversary of Mario. Uh, But it's unclear when and how this collection will be released, let alone what else it may include. Meanwhile, Super Mario 3D World is apparently due for an independent re-release featuring new content, not unlike Super Mario Bros. U Deluxe. These re-releases remain unconfirmed, but reports are piling up with multiple sources corroborating them so we're expecting official work from Nintendo soon enough. And yeah, I saw this pretty much everywhere to where at the point where it's no, no longer a rumor, no longer yeah. a secret. Or if it is a secret, it's a terrible secret. It definitely seems more or less confirmed. I think the only reason why Nintendo hasn't said anything yet is because they're waiting until the E3 time span to probably actually make the real announcement. Yeah, and I mean, seeing as E3 is no longer a thing, yeah, I bet people still have like the press releases for them. And since we're all quarantined, we're like, oh, like I have this tidbit that I was working on, and stuff kind of slips out. Yeah, but also, honestly, this is a really smart idea. They realize that the Switch is extremely popular. They realize that a new audience can enjoy these games that they may have missed if they didn't own a N64, Wii, a Wii U. And so this gives them a chance to like catch up. It's, it's, I mean, it's the same reason why you saw Super Mario Brothers All-Stars in the Super NES era. Cause like, right. let's have one stop shop for everybody to play all these older Mario games and catch up. Now is anybody, are, are these games available on the like virtual consoles? So that's the thing, is that there is no virtual console on the Switch. There are uh, the emulated versions of NES and Super NES games, but currently there's no way to play an N64, GameCube, or Wii or Wii U game on a modern console. So that doesn't seem, that doesn't sound right, because like you can do PlayStation games and Xbox games via Game Pass and PlayStation Now. It's a so, big blind spot for Nintendo. It's just something they're just not, they don't have a solution for at all right now. And so this is a way to be like, oh, here's some of our popular 3D Mario games collected in one spot. Uh, what you call someone who does something like that? <laughs> what? A waffle thief. <laughs> just taking it away from us. Taking all the goodness of a waffle away from us. 
Yes, I love waffles. Um, one thing that isn't in this story, but I've heard kind of combined with this story specifically, is not only are these remakes coming, but there's also expected to be an announcement of a new Paper Mario game. I saw, I heard about this new Paper Mario game. Yes. Or a re-release or a no, remaster. I heard specifically that this is going to be a new one. Okay. Uh, that will be a in the mold of the traditional Paper Mario games, which I don't know if this is something you know about me, but Paper Mario The Thousand Year Door, which was the GameCube Paper Mario game, is my favorite game of all time. So if they make You've a... never mentioned that on this podcast once. <laughs> so if they make a sequel to that game, I I don't know I might explode. I don't know what I would do. I never thought it would happen. No one ever thought it would happen. But it is the same studio working on it, right? Are they working on uh, a Mario game? No word about that. That information is not known. So who knows? All right. Well, we have some we'll thoughts see. on games. Oh, uh, yeah. Do we? Uh, uh, let's talk about your game first, because mine won't be that long. <laughs> mine won't be that long either. <laughs> All right. What did you play? <laughs> I played Disney Sorcerer Arena. All right. So this is a mobile game. Oh, what gave it away? The <laughs> arena part or the Disney part? Don't worry. Mine's a mobile game, too. So we're in the same boat this week. Yeah. So um, so trying to find something to, you know, pass the time here. And I came across an yeah. ad for Disney's uh, Sorcerer Adventure game, Sorcerer Arena. This is the arena style battle a la Marvel Strike Force, where you collect your characters, collect the cards to level uh-huh. up the stars. It's that exact same formula, except it's Disney-fied. <laughs> Marvel is Disney, so it's Disney canon then? <laughs> Guess, yeah, kind of. Yeah. Um, real loosely on whatever plot it is, unlike Marvel Strike Force, which had an actual plot. Uh, this is just, oh, you're a sorcerer and you're battling other sorcerers who also have these Disney vibe um, characters to battle with. Uh, the I'm, enjoy, I'm enjoying it because it's something to pass the time. It's also Disney, so I'm all on board for that. Right. Uh, but I like the art style. It it has kind of has a uh, Disney Infinity art style to it, to where it's not fully animated classics, but rather like just tweaked enough to where it's not. But it mm-hmm. is like Disney Disneyfied enough. Um, I am a little worried though that there's only sixty six characters available for you to own, but there are a hundred characters within the game but that can easily expand as more expansions come. Uh, right now they're doing an onward um, event uh-huh. where you can get coins to get some of the onward characters. But it's really weird about like the characters they do choose. Like they have Hopper, they have Fantasia Mickey, <laughs> they have Gaston, but no Belle or Beast. Um, they have they have Maui, just a bunch of random characters throughout the Disney canon that you come across. Yeah. 
and nothing seems like oh like it's specifically like the main characters like no so that's like side characters like uh crapper uh the um crossbow from the crossbow vulture and like duke kaboom but no one else from the and buzz but like nobody or bo peep yeah it seems kind of reminds me of that reminds me of um the pokemon masters game where it was like here's a bunch of these i guess gym leaders yeah i mean i can see that it's definitely like gives a feel of disney and has disney magic thrown throughout it but it also seems very limited right now as this did just get released yeah but there is a cool um like clan aspect of it where you can like become a or start your own club and have people join it and then fight other clubs so you yeah you can be part of the mickey mouse club (laughs) or you know like do what i did and kingdom hearts it of course (laughs) of course my clan is the keyblade masters and i'm Glad I took that away from everyone else. <laughs> but yeah, it's a uh, it's fun. It you know it's definitely time consuming. They put some of yeah. the chests on timers, but you know, there's only like a twenty four hour timer and then a four hour timer, so it's not like you're constantly there. Yeah, but it's definitely one of those. It's definitely one of those where it constantly brings you back. Yeah. Uh, but you also played a mobile game. Yeah, so. <laughs> so, speaking is this one a of rhythm those, game? Yeah, speaking of one of those. So, you know how I've been very, like, I thought I was immune to this. I was like, I said multiple times, like, nope, none of these are going to get me. I'm never going to be got by one of those things. Even Pokemon Masters, I jumped, bounced right off of. And I thought for sure that there was no genre combination you could make that could possibly get me into a gotcha game, mobile game like this. And then Rhythm Star came out. And then I made a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's, here's what happened. So I was, I was thinking about Rock Band. Specifically, I was thinking about Rock Band Blitz, which was the console controller only Rock Band game they put out in the 360 era. Wait, I thought that was the mobile game Blitz. No, there was there was mobile games, but this was another. This was a game for consoles. It was a PS3 and 360 game called Rock Band Blitz. What's the and DS one I'm thinking of then? That's Rock Band Unplugged. Okay. Um, or maybe that's the PSP one. Regardless, there is a Rock Band Blitz game that was a controller only thing where you switch between lanes, and um, use like the the sticks to like hit the notes as they went past, and you would switch between the different instruments. Okay, I remember this one now. You could play, yeah, you could play it uh, using your entire Rock Band collection of songs. Anything you bought in Rock Band three or two would work in Blitz. So I was thinking about that and like, man, I was really sad that there was no way to play that in a modern, on a modern console. They didn't make it backwards compatible because of song rights stuff. Right, I mean, we had the same problem with current Rock Band iterations. Yeah, so there's no way to play Rock Band Blitz in a modern way. So I was thinking like, surely there's gotta be some like fun 
rhythm games on iOS at this point, right? So I did a rhythm game search on iOS and all the ones I saw online that people were like, oh, this one's good, were all paid. And I was like, I don't really want to pay for a game right now. Right, you so, don't want to spend the $2 to buy a game. So I kept scrolling and then I saw the thing, the hook that got me to download Rhythm Star. Because the description for Rhythm Star is, oh, it's a rhythm game RPG. <laughs> I'm like, wait, so you're telling me they made a puzzle quest except instead of match three, it's a little mini rhythm game. And I was like, I'll download it. I'll see how this is. And well, I've now played it for like five days straight. Like it's one of the, but it's definitely one of those where it's like, you're playing a little rhythm game, which is all like based on like classical music and stuff. It's all like royalty-free music, ah, which okay. is how they get away with something like this. Mm -hmm. um, and literally, all you're doing is like you're doing like these little songs, and the better you do at the song, the more enemies that your little team of little chibi dudes beat at the beginning of the at the top of the screen, and like it'll rate you, it'll grade you at the end to one to three stars with how well you did. That is literally the entire game, and you're just going from level to level doing that. But then on top of that, they've piled all of the stupid gotcha stuff. So every time you play the thing, you also get a treasure chest. Opening stuff in the treasure chest after, of course, the timer expires uh, gets you hero cards where you can put different cards on your team of three people. And they're all loosely based on like composers from like the classical era. <laughs> Like I'm playing like uh, playing a kid version of Mozart, <laughs> and there's like a story, but God, it makes no sense. There's some sort of like evil force that is invading all these planets, and you playing these songs apparently is helping get rid of the evil force. I don't know. It's bizarre, and I don't know why I keep playing it, but the rhythm game part of it is fun. And so like, I'm like, well, at least the basis of this is still fun enough. But of course it's, you only get seven lives. You have to wait 10 minutes for them all to come back. It's just, it's annoying that I'm liking it. It's like, I feel like I was doing so well for so long, not getting involved in one of these stupid games. And this is what the one that finally got me. Oh, come on. At least you're having fun. It's fun. It's, it is a fun game. It's, 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 but yeah, like the structure around it is, yeah, it's real gross. And like, it's all built for you to buy a bunch of shit. There's ads to replenish your diamonds. And so it's definitely one of those things. But yeah, but it's, but it's a rhythm game. And that part of it is the thing that keeps me coming back. You know, is there any like, um, paid stuff for it yeah you can you can buy the currency and you can buy lives and yeah like the unlocking new heroes thing seems to be the main deal like there's so many and there's so many that are like really like expensive or like that will take a lot of time in the game to unlock so it's a fast track to unlock those Okay, so yeah, because I know like with um, 
sorcerers or the Z source arena, you can buy characters, buy chests. A lot of it is paid heavy. It's microtransactions. It's one hundred percent that. Okay. But you're not being suckered into it, right? No, I'm not. Still, no, nothing's gonna make me spend money on any of these things. Okay, that's good. But but yeah, it's but it's fun, and so yeah, I I don't know if I would recommend it though. I feel like I shouldn't recommend any of these things. All right, but you're playing Animal Crossing too, right? I'm also still playing Animal Crossing. Christy is as well, uh, even though she had to leave early. Um, yeah, I'm unlocking more and more stuff. I think I'm. I think I like it a little bit more now than I did last week. I think last week I was still a little, um, a little weirded out by the choices that they made about items breaking and the crafting being such a big part of it. But like as of this week, um, I've come. I'm coming around on the crafting a little bit. They really, the pipeline is not as bad as I thought it was going to be about them teaching you how to make all this shit. And now that I'm actually doing it, it's less annoying. And my items are breaking less and less now because the game is actually giving me a lot more stuff to do. So that way I'm not just constantly fishing or catching bugs like I was week one. So yeah, I think as you play it, it's going to get more and more like the Animal Crossing that you like. And at this point, I'm finally at the point where I'm like, yeah, no, it's good now. Like I get what they're doing and now it's just a fun Animal Crossing game. Okay, fun. Um, I'm still playing. I'm going through God of War, but I did download the Final Fantasy VII Remake demo. Yeah. And I will play that, and I'll have my review for that next week because it comes out on the 10th next week. So that will be next week's podcast. It'll be next week's podcast, and I'm looking forward to it. Yep. And because we're talking about next week's podcast, it means we're done with this week's podcast. It does. Thank you, everybody in the internet world, for joining us. I want to thank us, our special guests, uh, Christy and Kristen, for joining us tonight. Um, we'll be back next week for another marooned recorded version of the Media Boat podcast. If you want to catch that, that's on Apple Podcasts or any RSS feed-driven podcast services that you find yourself involved in. Just search Media Pro Podcast to find that. We're also on YouTube.com where you can find our older live streams from our live broadcasts. We won't be live again until after this uh, quarantine is over, which who knows when that's going to be. But when we are, YouTube.com, go to Media Book Podcast to find our page. Like and subscribe for notifications when we do go live again. You can also find us on uh, social media networks like Twitter, where our handle is Media Boat Podcast. Facebook, where you can search Media Boat Podcast to find our page, like, comment, etc. You can email us if you have any questions or comments about the show at mediaboatpodcast at gmail.com. You can catch us playing video games like, say, a baseball game this weekend or two um, on twitch.tv slash mediaboat. And last but not least, if you have any money that you can spare in these trying, trying times to help a podcast out, go to patreon.com slash mediaboat, where you can donate once uh, we rebuild that donation platform. I'm not really sure what broke about it, but uh, coming up maybe after quarantine, I'll go in and give that thing a, a refresh and see what happens. But, give yeah. it a shake. Give it a nice polish. Give it a little, little to what for. And uh, that'll do it. Thank you for joining us. Um, And we'll be back for another Maroon podcast next week.
Yeah, we'll be back next week with all more thoughts and news and stuff. All righty. Bye-bye. Okay, bye.